passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we are here for another month of post pro res. I am John Pollock, joined by WH Park. And WH, after all these years, I can see you. It's uh, it's been amazing, John. It's like it's like the last time I saw you was like, you know, in person was I don't know, summertime. It was a long backyard. time ago. Yeah, it was. Yeah, might have been. Uh, that that's right. All the way back. Uh, well, it's good to see that you uh, you look very similar. All these months later, you too. Yes. I haven't grown out your hair or anything like that. It's no, I haven't refreshing. done anything wild. No, no, I have yeah. not. Uh, how have you been? Uh, yeah, busy. Uh, work was busy today. Work's been busy every day, almost. So it's okay. How's how's Toronto treating you? I've been like a hermit the last few months. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's the same. Like, you know, we still have mask mandates here in Ontario. Like, I, I, I'm not looking necessarily forward to that being lifted, per se. But, uh, you know, sometimes I've gone out to go eat, have a bite to eat. It doesn't seem uh, that different from before. So, yeah, yeah here in Ontario, uh, as of uh, two days ago, they have now pretty much dropped any kind of uh, vaccination requirements, or at least like they're no longer asking you for proof of vaccination. I guess like businesses are kind of left. Uh, if you want to check, you're, you're free to. But um, I, I've been to a few places this week, and now it's there. there's no checking your vaccination status. It just seems like that's all been uh, lifted now. Yeah, so Toronto's treating me about same as usual. You know, I did. I did get a visit from Braden Harrington last week, though. Oh, you did. Oh, well, that's to, nice. That worked because he, he wanted to drop off the poster for his big AEW watch along event. I see. I see. Are you uh, Are you going to this watch along on Sunday? I I have declined uh, reluctantly. I just you know for very because, because of Braden, I can understand. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you said that, not me. But no, I not because of Braden. It's just my comfort level is not a. Uh, it's not very high to, to attend a thing, something that I feel might be very well attended. So, I, I think it'll be a I think it'll be a good time for uh, for those that are in Toronto. Uh, Braden is hosting a AEW Revolution watch along this Sunday night. Um, it's at the Hard Luck Bar on uh, Dundas Street West. So, if you want to go over to the Up Next Podcast uh, Twitter account, they've got all the information pinned there at the top. But uh, maybe uh, WH is just going to wait until. Uh, uh, WrestleMania weekend, maybe maybe he will make a a big appearance if, I, so if they host a WrestleMania viewing party. I he told me what his plans for for that are, and and I and he said that uh, maybe Jesse from the Six and Eric Marcoche might show up for that, and and if Mar- Eric Marcoche comes down from Sudbury for that, uh, I may may be inclined to show up to to, to meet Mister Marcoche. So. All right, well, so, something to look forward to, as is. Everything that is going on in New Japan. We are going to start with uh, with New Japan, and then we will make it, it our way through everything. I know what everyone is downloading this month's for. Everyone wants WH's unfiltered thoughts on on Kazuyuki Fujita. We will get there. I promise we will get there. But uh, let us start off in New Japan. This past week, they ha- held their anniversary card, and then the opening night of the New Japan Cup. 
back-to-back nights at Budokan Hall, drawing 3,182 on night one, 2007, the second night. Um, so not not overwhelming crowds that they did at, at Budokan, no less. Um, starting off just with the anniversary card, I will say that I, I really did enjoy like the pre-show ceremony of bringing back a lot of the names from the past, introducing them. It was unfortunate that the crowd, they can't really react in like a, a loud kind of way for some of these appearances, but I thought it was like a nice touch for the anniversary to have so many of these names involved with it. Uh, it's, it's nice when New Japan is able to like delve into their history and, and bring back a lot of these names. And, and for longtime fans who might have attended the show live, it, it must have been really nice to see, you know, have kind of that, that tinge of nostalgia and like remembrance of like the better times of, of New Japan's history than, than what we're currently seeing right now. Yeah, we will, we will get into that as well. Of course, uh, absent was Antonio Inoki. He was like referenced in Okada's speech, uh, afterwards, uh, where they had the, the main event six man tag with Tanahashi, Okada, and Tatsumi Fujinami against Minoru Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr., and Yoshiaki Fujiwara. Yeah, I think, um, these, uh, two of those names might be in uh, next year's, uh, NOAA N1 tournament, possibly, uh, the way, uh, trends go in that company. But, uh, <laughs> I, I will say this, John. The, the one of the highlights for me was like seeing the uh, Fujinami team. You know, all their matching robes. Very nice. Very the nice. robes were nice. The yeah. the the three like Fujiwara armbar sequence uh, by by the group. I, I thought that was enjoyable. I will say the the line that I thought was like the line of the show was a uh, Keiji Muto coming out at the beginning and Chris Charlton noting, "Still a hard man to beat, even today." <laughs> Well, he, yeah, I've you know, there's a lot of things going on with Keiji Muto over at over at Noah that uh, we'll talk about. I'm sure we we will get there. Um, the second night featured the uh, the opening of the what was a 48 man New Japan Cup, and then we had. Kota Ibushi and Hiroyoshi Tenzan bow out of the tournament. So the Kota Ibushi one was interesting in just in the sense that they went ahead and announced him uh, when I guess it turns out like he he's not able to go like they have to be just chomping at the bit to get this guy back. And like it's got to be pretty significant if they have to just realize, OK, we we can't move forward with Kota Ibushi. But you, you would figure like, let's let's get all our ducks in a row before we make yeah. this big announcement. I I'm really perplexed at. They announced him, but obviously they didn't. They weren't a hundred percent sure that he would be back. They were kind of like hoping and praying that he would be back in time for the, the New Japan Cup. But it's okay. There's there's forty eight people in this. We're forty six now. So like, what what's to miss? I mean, it's it's loaded, John. Fucking forty eight fucking people, and like you know, twenty four of them are amazing. Like great names that I was like, yes, I'm so happy to see that person in this thing. Some of the some of these second round matches are just uh, perplexing as the the ones that receive buys. But our results from uh, Wednesday's show saw uh, Shima defeat Takamichinoku, Tomoki Hanma over Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto over Yuji Nagata, Jeff Cobb over Togi Makabe, Taichi beat Toriyano. So Taichi goes all the way to the third round because Tenzan uh, was going to be his opponent in the second round. Tanahashi beat Yo in a in a really nice match. Tatsuya Naito over Yujiro, and the match that everyone seemed to be talking about coming out of this show was Kazuchi. Okada defeating El Desperado in a 26 plus minute main event setting up Okada and Master Wato. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the show yet, John. So, uh, but that's like the one, that's the one match that I would, you know, go out of my way to watch because I'm a huge fan of Desperado. I know there's a, there's a height difference between him and Okada, but I, I think, you know, Desperado put on a little bit of weight. He could go heavyweight. He has that kind of aura of he could, be, you know, if Taichi can be heavyweight, so can Desperado. He he looked great. I just watched this uh, this afternoon, and man, some of the transitions to Numero Dos were just like there is a drop kick where he catches him with a dragon screw mid drop kick into the Numero Dos. It was it was a pretty fantastic match, and I, and I thought like o- Okada looked good, but Desperado certainly like I I thought that was like a really really big performance for him. I think you will definitely uh, enjoy that match, as I'm sure you will. Uh, Naito against Ghetto in the next round, Tanahashi Fale, uh, Jeff Cobb, Satoshi Kojima, Goto Dick Togo, Honma uh, Kose Fujita, and Shima against Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Some of the second round matches that have been uh, set up. With the first you know, round it, continuing Sunday, it's it's a it's a testament to 
how low Takamichinoku's uh, star has fallen in New Japan that he lost to Shima, who's not it's not even a contracted wrestler with the company. That that just tells me also like how much they probably want to try to get like El Lindemann into the best of the super juniors uh, this coming year, and maybe T Hawk as well. So as you as you look at this, you know this uh, well now forty six man New Japan Cup. Like what what is some kind of like finals or outcome like that would that would just be a direct shot to your heart to bring WH Park and really um, get your attention for for the New Japan Cup. Honestly, just just push Jeff Cobb all the way <laughs> in this fucking thing and, and and get him in that main event mix. Get him get him in the title picture. That that would be fresh. That would be exciting. Um, otherwise, you know, there is a lot of booking problems in this country, John. You know, like New Japan, Noah, All Japan. Um, but the one thing I'll say about Ghetto as a booker is that he's not a terrible booker, in my opinion. I just think he's uninspired and it's, it's just very stale and he doesn't seem to be having any fresh ideas. Um, I think pushing Jeff Cobb, who's a guy that they have in the country and, you know, don't have to worry about, like, you know, quarantining or, or not being able to get him back into Japan for big events. Get him, use him as, as long as he's able to stay in Japan. And and I think if you push him really hard, like, I, he's, he's over with the crowd. And I think he'll draw more international fans maybe back into the company. Yeah, I mean, when you look at these brackets, I mean, he's going to beat Kojima. He's going to beat the Yoshihashi Tomoki Honmo. Uh, sorry, the uh, the Yoshihashi and uh, Kosei Fujita winner. So he he's already going to probably face like either a Tanahashi or Naito, unless they just decide with with Fale to uh, put him over big uh, in this New Japan Cup, which is very possible. Like yes. the New Japan Cup, they don't put the most stacked matches uh, in these earlier tournament matches. So getting Tanahashi and Naito is hardly a given in such an early round of this tournament that Fale beating uh, Tanahashi and even beating a Naito or you do some stupid finish where Ghetto advances past Naito, all conceivable, all possible. It, it, yes, it's it's a kind of a free-for-all the New Japan Cup more so than, than the G1 Climax. But, you know, it's interesting. I'm looking at the schedule, John. Like the semifinals and the finals are the same days as the big stardom shows with the return of Kyrie. Which That's is, right. It just like makes me laugh because it's just like the, the, the parent company is the same, but you're you're having these big events like, and I I know like if I'm in the country if I have to choose between the two like which one I'm going to I'm going to the Stardom shows one they're they're in Tokyo they'd be a lot mm-hmm. closer if I was still in Nemazu but you keep in mind that I love Osaka and I have I will take any excuse to go there and, and visit the sit that city but. You know, I'm looking. I look at the starter cards, which we'll talk about later. These these things are fucking stacked, and I can't see anything really that would excite me enough on like overall in this New Japan Cup or or New Japan overall that would make me want to make a trip out to Osaka for for those shows. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't even realized they were ex- the exact same days. So it's like back to back nights at Osaka Joe Hall for New Japan on the days when. Uh, stardom is at sumo hall which you're right those two stardom shows are going to be huge um we will get the into those are you are you following much of new japan strong at at the moment i you know delve here and there but you know the the word usually uh, on like you know on twitter for example is is pretty strong about like about strong you know like that it is probably the better brand under the New Japan umbrella. There's a lot of interesting, fresh matchups, and they seem to be really keen on on pushing young, younger talent in there. And that, I think that's the key Like that that might be missing from New Japan right now is you, you're not really pushing the younger talent um, or or making trying to make new stars, per se. And the, and this, this, the people you're, you are trying to make new stars aren't clicking for, for a variety of reasons. You know, either they're, they're not catching on or they just fucking suck you know like yeah i'm talking about evil obviously you know so <laughs> well uh that that could maybe be the uh you know if, if evil prevails in all of this i'm sure you'll just you'll just be re- re- really reconsidering uh man i if only i could be in osaka for yeah final two nights. for, for uh, evil and house of house of torture my favorite things and all of japanese wrestling mine's just not the thing i hate the most in japanese wrestling these days we'll get to that though don't worry yeah. Yeah, I, I've got to say, like, usually, like, you can go pretty deep on the New Japan stuff, and it just seems like, yeah, they're doing this tournament right now, but I, I do think, like, there's just, um, like, a really small buzz uh, attached to this year's New Japan Cup. It doesn't seem like 
it feels I was, I was uh, saying today, like it feels like it's a 16 man tournament, but they've expanded it to 48. Yeah. Well, I, I, which it perplexes me. It's like, why would you, why would you spend the money on like all those extra bodies? Because they're not, they're not going to be cheap. And, and you're not like you're raking in money. You're, you're drawing a thousand less people to fucking Budokan Hall. Budokan Hall holds over 12,000 people. Yeah. Major, this is not, this is, these attendances are not just chalked up to capacity restrictions. Like this is um, just, you know, th- this is well below 50% of what Budokan holds. Yeah, I mean it's it's a thousand less than the night before, which goes to show you it's, it's the other problem with New Japan, and it's it's a recur it's it's a constant problem for since the pandemic is this idea of like we have to do multiple nights in one venue, and we don't but we don't have the cards to draw people because like you know New Japan Cup night one the second night at Budokan is basically, you know, I read Mark Buckley's report and he's basically summed it up. It's, it's a one match card. And it's, and you're, is that worth, like, if I'm deciding which one to go to, do I go to the, the anniversary show? Or do I go to this? And I'm sure a lot of people in Japan and they're still under have restrictions there with, with COVID and stuff that, you know, what are you going to spend your money on? Well, I'm, I, I would spend my money on the anniversary show because for the nostalgia factor. Um, so we, we've also got, uh, with New Japan, of course, they're going to be sending talent over for their Lone Star shootout over WrestleMania weekend and then their uh, show in Chicago a couple of weeks later, uh, which I understand our own Karen Peterson will there, will be there in attendance for. Yeah. She's, uh, she's always like, uh, pretty excited about this when I talk to her privately about like what, what's coming up and she's, you know, the thing she's most excited about is going to these shows live. Mm-hmm. And so maybe we're going to get some live reports, live reports from on the site or something, John. I I don't know if you uh, you've uh, negotiated that with her or not, but uh, she's going to be I'm I'm sure very enthusiastic over on Twitter, uh, live tweeting it. Yes, and she will be providing reports for uh, Stardom's upcoming cards at Sumo Hall at the end of the month. So uh, March 26th and 27th is going to really the the major, I would say, focus is the the return of Kyrie after going to WWE in 2017. And she was revealed as the the mystery woman earlier this month. And um, like, what kind of attention do you think that this is going to bring to Stardom from somebody that maybe only saw Kyrie in WWE like this does seem to be for people kind of hearing this buzz about stardom sometimes it takes that performer that you're most familiar with that you eventually cross that bridge and dive into a new company I think that this could represent um, some growth for, for for stardom just bringing back an audience that maybe has not seen the product yeah I, I think she she's that crossover person that you know oh I I liked her work in NXT I like you know the stuff she did with Asuka and the Kabuki Warriors on on uh, main 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 roster WWE, I I miss watching her. Oh, she's in a she's back in Japan. She's wrestling for a company called Stardom. Oh, there's some buzz around that company. I'm gonna watch it. You know, and on a side note, like my interest in Stardom, it, it was a direct result of her being in the the Mae Young Classic. And like I always had a blind spot towards Joshi, you know, Joshi wrestling um, before that. And then I thought, okay, she's from this company called Stardom, which I've heard of. You know. It has, it has a, you know, it, of all the Joshi companies at the time, it was like the one that had the most prominence. And so like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to dive into it. Oh, the streaming, the streaming service is up. Oh, it's only a thousand, you know, just under a thousand yen. That's cheap. I'll, I'll get into it. And I've never looked back, John, and I've gone to live shows when I was in Japan. And, and so like, I think I'm kind of that kind of a person that be like, okay, I wasn't familiar with Joshi wrestling. I watched me on classic. Who's this? Oh, Kyrie Sane. She's great. I really like her. Where is she from? She's from Stardom. So I think you're going to see that kind of crossover. I mean, also talking with with Davey Portman, I you know when when it was announced, I said to him, "Oh, look, look, she's she's back. She's going to be in Stardom." And he's he's so excited. He's him being you know Davey being a huge Kyrie Sane fan, so he's very excited. I think you know like if we use him as an example of him being a Kyrie fan from her days in NXT, he's going to follow her going over into stardom. So and I think he's an example of a lot of fans that are going to give stardom a try and great. And, and, you know, it's the best product to get into these days. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you just saw all of all of the buzz coming off of uh, their recent uh, show just a, a couple of weeks ago. In particular, the Azumi Starlight Kid match um, that just seems to have gotten uh, a ton of praise from everyone. And now you have these back to back nights. They're big shows for the company. Uh, for the first night, uh, March the twenty sixth, it's going to feature Shuri against Julia for the World of Stardom title, uh, Saya Kamatani against Utami for the Wonder of Stardom title, uh, Hazuki and Koguma against Momo Watanabe and x for the goddesses of stardom tag titles that's that's starlight kid actually has it been revealed as starlight kid it's 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 gonna be starlight kid so momo tanabe and starlight kid are gonna be facing uh, fwc for the goddesses uh, tag team titles and then of course the the big one is is kairi teaming with mayui watani against tom nakano and unagi sayaka uh that's uh kairi's first match back the second night she'll be taking on starlight kid in a singles match yeah i mean with those with those title matches john like I, I can't say for sure who's going to win between Sherry and Julia because, like, either either person makes a ton of sense to put the, the big belt on them. Same I'll thing. throw a third one out, WH, the second night. The idea of Mayu winning this title and coming out of the weekend, I wouldn't discount that idea either. I think I think Kyrie and Mayu at some point for the the big belt, to me, would be a massive match to build to eventually. And starting this off is like her first match back is teaming with her. And maybe like six, nine months down the road, you could go to move to a big title match. Well, that's the beauty of like, in my opinion of stardom these days, you know, is that you, you can go in so many different directions and you have the talent and you have built these stars that, that it's possible. Like you look at some of the other companies in Japan, it's like, no, they're not gonna put it on that person. or they're not gonna, they're not gonna take it off this person. They're not going to take it off Sherry. Well, they might take it off Sherry for to put it on Julia, and if they put it on Julia, they might take it off of her to put it on Mayu Itami the next night. Like you could go in any direction, John. Same thing with the Wonder of Storm title. Like, yeah, Sayaka Itami is like a push commodity. She's someone they obviously have high hopes for, and you know that she, she's the current Wonder Storm champion. But you know, Utami's coming off like being dethroned by Sherry for the for the red belt. And now this is her first chance to get, because I, I don't think she's ever held the white belt, the Wonder Storm title. So, and she's someone that they want to keep in the main event mix. So, like, could uh, Utami win the white belt? I think it's entirely possible. And then you have uh, all these other directions, like who's she facing on the? Uh, she's not whoever the winner is isn't doesn't have another title match. I don't think. Uh, you know? for, for, it's it's uh, Kamatani and Utami on the first night, and then the winner will defend against Tom Nakano on the second yeah. night. So, and then you know, Tom Tom was the person Saya beat for that title, mm-hmm. and then you you and she's like she had such an amazing run with that belt, like that you could see it could go either way. Like Saya has a rematch for with her for 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 that belt, or Utami faces Tom Nakano, which is a fresh match for that belt, and. Could Tom win it again? Sure, it's it's entirely possible. That's again, that's it's it, you can go any direction with the, with with these with either of the big singles belts in 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 startup. Yeah, I think this is. I think these two shows are really going to set the entire year for for stardom of just the the many different directions that they're going in. And I think just the way that we've outlined where this kind of world of stardom picture could go in many different directions. I think there's several plausible outcomes here when it comes to Kyrie. Like it sounds like she's not going to be on every single show and you're going to be strategic. Uh, do you think that like kind of what are you expecting out of Kyrie uh, this year? Is it someone that maybe you build to three to four big matches a year? Do you expect her to be more involved than that? I, I think, you know, you save her for, for big you know, like quote unquote pay per view matches, like you're running Osaka Joe or any or Osaka Eddie on Arena. Okay, she's on those. She's, uh, you know, they're going to run a big stadium in Nagoya. Save her mm-hmm. for that. You can, or, you know, Sumo Hall or Budokan, maybe again. Yeah, you save her for those. You don't have to have her in fucking, you know, the Cinderella tournament or, or something, or something like, like that. that. You, and you don't need her in like some spot show that's only, you know, holds 500 people in the audience. You don't need that. I would save her for, for Corkin shows, like have her do angles in a Corkin show. Don't have her necessarily do a match at a Corkin show, but you just have her do angles and build up to a, a big match that they're going to be promoting uh, on a big show, whether it's in the, the spring or the summer. But yeah, just save her. Like, I, I also don't think she's, you know, like looking to be a full-time wrestler again. And, you know, like Karen, Karen also makes a point of like, she has, she just opened up a 24 hour gym and she's a personal trainer. And so she's got, 
her side business, her, which is like, I would imagine her, her big priority, but this is something that uh, I think coming back to stardom might was probably something that was on her bucket list, especially with the growth, especially with the Bushi road ownership of the company. And that it, it is probably the hottest thing in Japan right now. Yeah. It, it just seems to me like um, the year that they're coming off of and the Kyrie news, I think is going to just uh, push, push that forward. And it's an interesting discussion that came out of like this year's like whole hall of fame discussion is kind of where you place like Rossi Ogawa with, you know, these are, you know, I would say significant years for stardom, their biggest year that they're coming off of and 2022 having the potential to be e- even bigger. Like, do you look at Rossi Ogawa, like the, the legacy of just his involvement specifically uh, with women's professional wrestling of is it like a Hall of Fame level uh, of promoter that he has reached at this point? Um, I, I would give it a couple more years to see if it's a sustained, you know, success story for stardom. Like if the next year or two are, you know, stardom is at a level with in terms of the box office and like kind of the, the quality of shows that they're, that they're producing, you know, month in, month out on all their big shows. If this continues for another year or two, it, it could be a point where like, okay, he's having a, you know, a similar run as a promoter that like, you know, ghetto had as a booker in 2016 onward, you know, for, for the, then two years subsequently after that, you know, I, I, I would definitely consider him to be like someone that you would say is a hall of famer promoter. If, if the, if the success is sustained, like he, he was doing a really good job before the Bushi road buyout, but then just having Bushi road pump all this money into the company. So now like he can like hire all these people. Like he went, Oh, I'm going to go to ice and I'm going to take Julia. And I'm going to go to just tap out and take Micah and I'm going to you know, go to TJPW and get Natsupoy and, and all these people that I want into the company. Mm-hmm. He, he can do it because like, you know, like if you're if you're an indep- independent wrestler and you have the option of getting a steady Bushiroad paycheck, you know, like, no, does, you know, company loyalty in Japan goes very far. But I, at the bottom, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you know, money talks, bullshit walks and like you're going to you're going to go. That's a steady paycheck and it's a pretty good steady paycheck. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you about um, Rossi Ogawa. I bring it up. He is going to be on the observer ballot next year. So it, it's more just a chance to kind of really look at his at his resume. I'd be, I'd be very stunned if he gets a ton of support uh, next year. Also on the ballot next year is Shingo Takagi. And I can imagine this this is uh, good news for your support of Taue. They're going to pair him with Toshiaki Kawada next year. And I think that will get Taue above the threshold. And I did vote for Taue this year. I I would imagine the Holy Demon Army, you know, one of the rightly regarded as one of the greatest tag teams and something and a, and a team that, you know, Dave, Dave really promotes and has always supported in the newsletter and, and on his shows is, is going to get a lot of buzz and, 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 and get uh, probably, you know, I, I, if they don't get in the, this first ballot, John, like I'd be, I'd be surprised. They, you know, like they, they are going to get a lot of, I think, attention leading up to the Hall of, Hall of Fame vote. If they're on the ballot. So yeah, everyone, if you, if you're a ballot holder, vote for the Holy Demon Army. They're the greatest tag team. If not, you know, they are one of the greatest, if not the greatest tag team of all. Well, research them. Go, go, go dive into it. And, uh, and a great place to start is the long and winding Royal Road. You can That's get right. the, the extensive breakdowns of both men's uh, careers and a lot of crossover between those, those two podcast episodes. We'll, uh, we'll plug the long and winding Royal Road later, but it is, it is time now, the long and winding Royal Road of one Kazuki Fujita that has led him to his first GHC heavyweight championship at the age of 50 going down on February 23rd in Nagoya. 643 fans hanging from the rafters as Katsuhiko Nakajima losing to Fujita. And there are few endings to matches that I could not possibly watch without thinking about you watching than this one. Dude, Fujita, it's one thing. He's going over Nakajima. Dude, he made this guy look like just trash. Just total trash. Does the the one two lift the shoulders up and then another Bullshit. beast bomb and then pins him like that to me it was like i'm not just beating you i'm humiliating you in the process of doing it it was just i i just thought it was such a 
such a terrible end to Nakajima's reign. And like we we have month in, month out, we have raved about Noah's heavyweight scene of late. Like the Nakajima Keno classics that those two have had. To me, Nakajima, this was the time to, you know, I'm not saying this is the transformative star for Noah, but he was the guy to run with now until you have that guy that you're ready to to go with. Fujita was not that guy. No, you you, you build towards Kiyomiya come, you know, challenging him for that belt down the line or, or go like there's, you know, go Shizaki, the, the history between those, him and Nakajima is like rife. But there was like, a solid core there. Like, Oh, I, I was even one that like a year ago, it's like, I know people weren't crazy about Mudo. Like Fujita is not Mudo. Like you can't even make that argument. I just, this is a real perplexing one for me. And I, I tend to give benefit of the doubt more often than you, but you, I think, um, your opinion is probably mirrored by just about everyone. I I couldn't believe the result just because, like, I thought, okay, Nakajima is someone that they, you know, want to keep happy. Nakajima is someone they believe in. And then I read this, you know, report from, from you know, the Voices of Wrestling uh, Patreon about backstage happenings in Noah. And, you know, the, the fucking original plan was, like, he was he was Fujita was supposed to win the belt from him. He was originally supposed to win the belt from him, and then Muda was supposed to win the national title <laughs> because in Nosawa Ranga, he's who's the booker for wrestling now. He thinks the big match we're going to have for the August return in Budokan Hall that's going to draw a lot of fucking money is fucking Kazuyuki Fujita versus fucking Keiji Muto in a title unification match. And are you fucking kidding me? No. That's not your because listen, no one's gonna fucking watch these fucking guys who are like past their prime. Muto was a star, was is you know the operative word. This man had matches where he says, I'm gonna retire the moot salt for good reason. Because like he has no knees and no hips now anymore. And like and, and Vegeta's just never been a draw. He's never been maybe one or two fucking pride fights, sure. I don't know. He, he had some well-remembered fights, but like again, he was he he was never like I I think I think that's a lot of just romanticism about pride. Like it was you know s- some of the fights that he did have, like with Crow Cop, they're 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 well-remembered fights. But I just I, I never saw him as kind of that crossover. Like this was not um th- this was hardly like Sakuraba we're talking about, in just in terms of that that endearment with the Japanese audience. And this is indicative of like this man's attitude towards doing jobs is like when he lost the IWGP title to Kensuke Sasaki, who is Nakajima's mentor, he did it in such a bullshit way where like he pinned himself essentially. And then Kensuke is like, gets the belt and he's like, what the fuck is this? Like, that's not, you know, he double crossed him. This is complete bullshit. He, 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 not only does he beat him for the title, he, he, he makes him look like shit in the process. And why would you do that? Why would you agree to do that? And it, it perplexes me because the four guys you should be building in Noah are Nakajima, Goshiyazaki, uh, Kaido Kiyomiya, and Keno. With people like Daiki Naba in the background, Yoshiki Inamura, Masakitamiya even, as like solid mid upper mid-card people underneath those guys that can challenge for the title, whoever's holding it. And Fujita and Mudo are, are like just indicative of the problems, the underlying problems in knowing, which is the booking of Nosawa Rangai, who friend books. This is all nepotism. This is all, he's a spineless jellyfish. He's like, he's a mark. And you don't want marks running a fucking wrestling company. You want business people who have, you know, knowledge about professional wrestling, how it works to, to run a wrestling company. But I, I have like, I have like zero interest in following Noah at this point. Like the tag t- Team title tournament is something I I will watch. But if you said Fujita versus Masato Tanaka, that's the next title match. I don't fucking care. Like, th- why don't you put like the fucking belt on someone under the age of forty five, please? That's like that is the scene we have. Like we're just coming off of Mudo, who we'll get into vacating the tag titles. You've got Fujita holding the GHC title, and you have Funaki with the national title on top of it. It's like, I, and I can. I enjoy like Funaki and like these short matches. There's a role for a Funaki, but when you couple it with everything, like it, it really does um, color your picture of like th- th- this booking. And like to you, the fan, it's the idea that our current crop is 
they are not stars like this. We are trying to turn back time. And that is the, the audience that we are after because we do, we do not have that faith in like the, those four, that core that you just outlined there. And I think that that is, that, that's just a problem to have. And it's just to me, Fujita, it's like, I, I can tell you like an argument of like a Muto, which I think that, that experiment did not work out well, but the idea that, okay, he's this nostalgic figure. I don't think Vegeta comes with that nostalgia. Like, I think if you are putting your, your eggs into that basket, you are going to be woefully disappointed. You have to keep in mind also with pro wrestling Noah is that they, you know, their fan base, their hardcore fan base wants to see people that they came up with in the lean times succeed and be pushed as to become stars in the overall pro res scene like they want to see keno kiyomiya you know nakajima and go like be pushed hard in the company not these outsiders because so mudo is an outsider fujita is an outsider masato tanaka is an outsider and uh, you know funaki is an outsider these are not you noah know, trueborns or people who have been th- with the company thick and thin i think most and and i think it's a turnoff for a lot of hardcore longtime noah fans that oh why why am I seeing these guys I want to I don't want to see these guys hold the JC title I don't want to see them you know be be pushed over these you know the people that I'm invested in I don't think you're gonna find most most Noah fans are invested in someone like a Fujita or Mudo anymore like if Mudo's got the tag titles okay well I mean doesn't have them anymore that's another story that we're gonna talk about but. It's just detrimental, and it's it's just a sign that you need to have some kind of change in terms of who who the Booker is in, in Pro Sinoa. Yeah, and on on the tag title front, like due to Muto's hip problems, they have had to vacate him and Marfuji vacated the tag title. So March thirteenth at Yokohama Budokan, they'll do a one night four man tournament with Marufuji and new partner uh, Masaki Mochizuki against Kaito Kiyomiya and Daiki Inaba. And then on the other bracket, Keno and Funaki teaming up against Takeshi Sugiura and the returning uh, to Japan, Hideki Suzuki off of his uh, diamond mine run. <laughs> Which uh, he was really good just standing outside saying nothing. Yes. Um, I like Hideki Suzuki, so I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of excited to, to see him come back. Um, he's, but again, he's another person who has a reputation for not doing jobs or, you know, being problematic with, with, he'll, he'll do fine. He'll do tremendous in this. Yeah. You, like if, Hey, the band put him in with Fujita, who's not doing the job. Like it's, it's, it's going to be a struggle. You know, that's, that's probably the more interesting battle. It's like the, the, the argument like, I'm not jobbing to you. I'm not jobbing to you. And, you know, see who gives in first. But, um, I don't know. Like, again, I, I'm surprised that like, Kinamiya and, um, Inamura, you know, they just reformed their tag team of, of the tough. It's a great name, by the way. And they're not in this, which is surprising to me. Um, I'm going to just go out there and say, you know, Marafuji and Mochizuki, who we saw live when they won the yes. tag titles in Corican Hall. when last time we were at a live show together for, for pro wrestling Noah. Um, I'm going to say just they're going to put the belts on, on them because, and they're, they're, you know, they're perfectly good tag team. And I have no problems with like Mochizuki at his age, who can still go by the way he has, and is a total professional. He'll, he'll put people over, he'll do jobs. Him and Marafuji as tag team champions. Again, I'm perfectly fine with that. If they, if they where, get the belts. Where, where do you see um, the state of Kaito Kiyomiya and is, you know, he's 25 years old. This guy is hardly, you know, um, he's he's got many, many, many years ahead of him. But I thought last year was a very rough year for him in terms of that booking. I think it was it was a really bad thing that he never got the Muto win. But um, th- do you see that as just a bump in the road for him that this guy is ultimately going to be OK? Or is this um, is this a key year for him just in terms of uh, establishing him so that he is not uh Lost in the shuffle, which is kind of how he felt like coming out of all of those Mudo matches last year. Um, he's someone that's very difficult to talk about because he is he is obviously the person that they should be grooming to be the ace of the company over the next five years, and and they were on that road with his with his first title reign being mm-hmm. so long and and just pushing him to the moon. And it's like, okay, like I I never thought that he delivered in every match and but like this new persona of his like i think it's way more suited to be a main event player but he's not getting the push that he deserves to to get to that level in my opinion um you know people would he be would he be ready for it now do you feel 
I think so. I think there's a maturity that, and, and a kind of more assuredness in his persona and like the way he carries himself in the ring um, that, that wasn't necessarily there before. Um, people like mentioned this whole idea, like, Oh, he's getting the Okada push. I mean, Okada lost to Tanahashi and he cried. Like when, when Kiyomiya lost that tag match, him and Mudo had against Tanahashi and Okada. Oh, that's, but it's like, listen, the, the ultimate outcome of that was going to be Okada beating Tanahashi. And you had no worries that that was going to happen because Tanahashi is a pro. He was also the, like Okada was, you know, it was like, okay, Tanahashi is at a, this level, but it's like Okada still had wins over Tanahashi and he was the guy. It was just, he hadn't got that Tokyo Dome win, which was the elusive victory, but he had had his wins against Tanahashi and he had had his title reigns. And you could see that, okay, if he's not 1A, he's 1B to Tanahashi. And I just, I don't see that with, with Kiyomiya at this point. Like there is a, a still a significant hurdle uh, for him to even be at, at kind of that, that upper tier, much less kind of where he is right now. Well, the other thing is, is, you know, like the story would have to be like, to, to reach that level. He has to beat Muto. And the way, you know, the way, you know, the word coming out of Japan is like, Muto will not job to this guy. He I know, I no longer have faith in that. I was one that was always clinging to that has to happen because it was so obvious. I, I think that that ship has sailed now. It, it's not going to happen. And so he's, he's pretty much fucked, you know, like in, in that company right now, as long as Nosawa is the booker and Muto and Fujita and their ilk are, are running rampant in this fucking company. Like Kiyomiya, Nakajima, Go, these guys are all fucked, John. Like if if like they decided to jump ship, their contracts expire, and they're saying, you know what? Fuck this. We're gonna gleet. We're gonna fucking go to all Japan. Awesome. I have no sympathy for you know the state of New of Pro Wrestling Noah right now because they you know they refuse to see the forest from the trees and take out Nasawa as the booker and get and they just signed Vegeta to a fucking contract. I can't look. Like, are you guys nuts? freelancer this whole time holy shit it's like you guys are crazy like to me the best outcome would be like you know Junakiyama's over in DDT it's all under the same banner right same cyber agent banner like Junakiyama just says you know what fuck this shit DDT thanks for the memories I had an awesome time hey I'm coming to Noah kick that fucking Nosawa goof out of here and I'm and I'm taking over the book I want everyone to to note that uh, there was not one f bomb from WH until we got to Fujita and the Noah part of of today's show, and you just let them fire off. It, You're I, very strategic with them. Yeah, I I just you know can't help myself when this topic comes up, John. So Fujita's first defense will be against Masato Tanaka on March the twenty first in Fukuoka, a event that I have dubbed one hundred to signify their combined age uh, by that date, because Tanaka, uh, I believe he just turned 49. Uh, and then on that same show, we have uh, Atsushi Kotoge and Yohei against Kotaro Suzuki and uh, WH's favorite, Nosawa Rangai, for the junior heavyweight tag team titles. Here's the other problem with Nosawa's booking is that he cannot go a qu- like you know a quarter period in the year without someone fucking turning, at least two people turning in the junior division. So there's no stability in that. So it's like, fucking musical chairs in Noah's junior division, plus all these fucking IGF fucks like running rampant in the company is, it's just ridiculous. And I, I, you know, pick and choose what I want to watch from Noah. I refuse to watch complete shows and I refuse to watch anything with these people that I fucking hate in the company. Um, have you, have you watched any of, uh, of Glate? Yeah. So I watched L Lindemann taking on his, his strong, strong hearts teammate, uh, 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 T Hawk, yeah, in the uh, in the semifinals of the of the G Rex. Have you seen this belt, by the way? The G Rex. Yes, yes. <laughs> fucking, it's so ridiculous that it's good. Uh, I will say that about that title belt, and the name is just absolutely ridiculous too. But I I, I like this kind of ridiculousness about about Gleet's uh, you know naming of things. But and then the the the, the finals against uh, I believe it was Takanori Ido. Uh, both were really great, and to me that's a great. Sign that, okay, L. Lindemann, you didn't think, I thought it would be T-Hawk, or I thought it was going to be Ryuji Kawakami, who's going to be the first, you know, Glee champion, but it, they picked L. Lindemann, and I'm mm-hmm. like, that's fucking great. That's a, that's an inspired choice, because, like, he's a junior heavyweight, so they're willing to make their first champion a junior heavyweight, but he's such a great wrestler, John. Like, I am excited about how long they're going to push him as the champion, and because I think in the ring, you, you think, oh, the guy's really short or whatever, but this guy's ripped. 
and he is super strong for a guy his size. Like, think like he's like kind of a Japanese version of like I guess Tyler Bate in the sense like he's a you know not a very tall person, but is very strong. That was his gimmick. The same thing with El Lindeman, but El Lindeman's a much better wrestler in my opinion. But I, I'm excited about where they're going to go with him as their their first champion. And and it, to me, Gleed is just a, a company that I think people should watch if they're tired of like a lot of the staleness or some of these insane booking ideas that come out of the other com- other you know predominantly male companies in Japan. Gleed is it's it's on YouTube. All their major shows are it's, free. It's free. And that last show, the uh, the Cork and Hall show, man, people were raving about this as like potentially like show of the year. Yeah, it, it's a good, solid product, and it's a fresh roster, and they push like promising younger stars, and it, it's 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 a fun, and they they you know it has they have you know a women's division, they they push kind of like shoot fighting style, the you 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 style in the in that's booked by Kish Tamura, and they. They, they have, like, all their pro wrestling stuff is booked by Kaz Hayashi, who, who knows what the fuck he's doing. Like, he, he booked, you know, all Japan in one of the best periods of, of that company's, you know, time, you know, in the past 20 years. So it's, it's, a, it's a good product to kind of jump in on. And it's, it's so easy to watch. It's all on YouTube and it's free. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it, it seems like they have, like, really cultivated a bit of a buzz, uh, around them in that last show. It seems like that's a great jumping on point with the, uh, with the, uh, championship tournament that they did there. Uh, we're gonna close things down shortly, but, uh, let's move on to All Japan. Uh, they, they recently, uh, had, uh, Kento Miyahara defend the, uh, the Triple Crown against Abdullah Kobayashi. I know this was the, uh, the title challenger that you had been, uh, salivating over all year. Um, and they've got their Champions Night card coming up, uh, same day as, uh, Noah presents 100 on March 21st at Oda Ward, uh, with Kento Miyahara against Shuji Ishikawa. Uh, Jake Lee is returning on that show after he, uh, broke his nose and orbital bone. Uh, that was a, terrible injury and uh that is and of course tatsumi fujinami who's just on a tear in 2022 well he's going to be on like every 50th anniversary show in, in japan it seems like <laughs> he's gonna get so, a lot of bookings know. this year between there, both there you go like maybe he'll be on the 100 show the Noah 100 show because like hey why not you know uh he could yeah he could be challenging fujita for all we know maybe maybe you save that Maybe, maybe he'll, he's, enter, he'll enter maybe, the carnival. <laughs> Fujita's will be like Fujita will say, "I'll drop the Fujinami. Why not?" And then you know, but uh, I did watch that match though with Miyahara versus Adila Kobashi, and and it was as bad as I thought it was going to be. Just <laughs> <laughs> and I love Kendo Miyahara, as most people know. Like, and he got God, he did his best. He really did. And, and here's the thing. There's a reason why Abdullah Kobayashi is a deathmatch wrestler who uses smoke and mirrors, or in this case, light tubes and, and fucking baseball bats covered in barbed wire. It's because he's terrible as a pro wrestler. And so, like, he, he can only get any heat by doing all that bullshit. But, you know, that being said, it's very impressive. Ken O'Meara got this man up in a German suplex, and he got a bridge on the fucking guy. So there you go. So yeah. kudos to him for that. Uh, what do you see in terms of, uh, Jake Lee coming back? Does he get like right back into the, the title picture? Um, what, what do you, how, how much are you like intrigued by, um, just what's going on in general in all Japan? Let, let, let's, let's talk about this for turn match. It's a 10 man tag match. Total Eclipse, Jake Lee's heel, the heel faction in, in all Japan. And, and, and they're bringing back the, the, the former heel, uh, you know, stable in, in all Japan back in the day. The Voodoo Murders, John, and you can imagine my dismay when on Instagram when I when I when I you know scroll down and there's the All Japan website and who do I fucking see? Fucking Taru, and I'm like, no, are you fucking kidding me? And then people are like, no, it's only one night. Listen, these fucking cockroaches have a way of like ingratiating themselves into being more than one night. Hopefully, it's only one night with fucking Taru back in All Japan and fucking Voodoo Murders, but like. Shuji Kondo's coming back. That's fine. I'm okay with Shuji Kondo. He's fucking awesome. But listen, like Jake Lee better fucking win that match. That's all I'm gonna say. And the the interesting thing is, like, the match where he got injured was against Ryuki Honda, who is now a member of Totally Clips, and it's actually pushed pretty strong in the company, John. And he's kind of pushed as kind of like this de facto leader of of Total Eclipse. So obviously I think the the big question is is like what's gonna happen between Ricky Honda and Jake Lee in terms of like, 
is it going to be a turn? Are they, is, is Jake going to become a baby face or is he going to be heel? But in terms of your original question, is should he be pushed back into the title picture? I think so. I think, you know, he, that belt was unfortunately taken off of him because of his injury. He should have had a long reign with that title. I think him beating Miyahara clean in a singles match would do wonders to rehabilitate him uh, in terms of his position in the company. And he's someone you need to run with. He is, he, you know, like, Keno Mirahara is someone you can always rely upon, but it's not fresh. And you need you need something fresh in this company. You need to push Jake Lee. You need to push Shitaro Ashino. You need, you need to push Yuma Aoyagi, not necessarily at the top, but close to the top as a title challenger in the tag team, tag team title situation. You don't need fucking Abdullah Kobayashi. But to, to Abdullah Kobayashi's credit, they drew... 794 people. It wasn't a bad number for, for what Cork and Hall is drawing these days. 794. I think many companies will take that. Yeah. So kudos to him. Credit where credit is due. He, 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 I'm sure a lot of big Japan fans came over to see him, you know, lose because they knew he was going to win that title. But there you go. But hey, he, he, Kento got him up in a fucking German suplex with a bridge. I, that's impressive. Uh, while we uh, are on the, the All Japan section, uh, I do want to uh, give out a book recommendation. I did recently read uh, Gunbaru by uh, Jonathan Foy. Uh, this is up on Amazon if you want to uh, uh, buy it. It's a uh, relatively uh, cheap purchase if you want to get it on your Kindle. But it's it's like a really good documentation of kind of the history of All Japan and really detailing the split from uh, with with Masawa and so much of the roster in the spring of 2000. And I mean, it's to, to read about it like it really is remarkable, WH, that All Japan lived through that, oh. that that they made their way through that. How much of a savior Tenru was at that time and Matoko Baba, like really like her hands were tied. Like she had to make contact with Tenru, who was pretty much, you know, persona non grata when Baba was still alive when he had left. And the fact that All Japan did not die um, at, at that point. It was and actually kind of thrived for a, a bit of time there working with with New Japan. They were pretty desperate to have to reach out and do what they could, but got through a very, very tumultuous period. Yeah, I started reading it. I have a physical copy of it. Um, oh, OK, the, 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 I, I just saw the cover. I thought I got I got to get a physical copy of this. Oh, it's on Amazon Canada. OK, it's not going to cost me. I don't have to order it from Amazon Australia or anything like that. That's awesome. So, yeah, definitely. If, if you like cool art. Take a look at it on, on Amazon. It's, it's a really cool book to have. It's not it's not a very long book. Um, it's not very expensive either. So, like, I, I recommend getting either for your Kindle or or a physical copy of it. Um, I started reading. I haven't finished it, but it's mm-hmm. it's 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 a very like detailed book, and there's a lot of details in there. And like Jonathan Foy did a lot of great research for this for this book, from what I'm and I'm able to read so far, um, and. You know, it's 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 a kind of like not really explored part of Japanese, you know, wrestling history, and it's such it's just such an important part to like current day, you know, like Japanese wrestling because all Japan survived this split with Kawada and Fuchi, you know, Stan Hansen sticking around for a little while, you know, Taiokea being pushed, and the return of Cho Tenru, and you know, but you know, like the. There's the whole, and then you get the whole idea of like Mudo coming in and, and Motoko Baba, I don't want to, I can't work with Masala because he wants to change the company. And then, but then she sells the company to, to Keiji Mudo, who really changes the company to mm-hmm. being nothing like what, you know, Giant Baba's vision of, of wrestling was or what Null Japan was before in, in the 90s. Um, and it's a really interesting, it's a very, very fascinating, com- you know, look at, at how a company has to change, has to adapt to to survive and, and, and become a, a, the success that it did become and, and and still, you know, not thriving per se, but like still doing okay. Yeah, and and I think like you will come away with it of, you know, there, there's probably positive and negative you can say about Matoko Baba, but she very well could have just like with this exodus of talent, losing TV, like at that point, you're just like, like this was like the Babas were never that reliant on pro wrestling. They had made their money and she could have just cashed in at that point and said, listen, I'm, I'm done with this wrestling thing. She got through a really rough stretch and kept the company alive enough to hand it off to Muto in 2002. And I would say like, I, I don't know if 
many companies could have uh, just survived that. And when you're reading about this, like like to lose television and 90% of your roster and to to come out of it, it's I, I found that to be like a really, as you said, interesting period of history to to kind of document and and her role in that whole part of trying to bridge one era of all Japan into its next. It's I don't think they will ever be back to the the glory days, but they they did make it through and at least were in business. They 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 had such a chance, John. When when Akiyama Shiozaki, you know, Aoki, you know, Suzuki and Kanemaru jumped. When Burning invaded all Japan, and they had fucking Sonata, Soya, all these fucking great talent in all Japan at the time, mixed in with those. Ah, oh, but they fucked it. And it's, it's, so, it's so disappointing to me. And I think that's one of my big pro wrestling what ifs. If the the Mudo didn't fuck off to form Russell One because he he wasn't getting along with the new owner of, of of all Japan, if they if they all stayed, what would all Japan look like today? I it makes me sad actually. You you are the person to do it. Like one day you you have to do like the deep analysis of Keiji Muto. The good, the bad, all of it. Like what a what a career to go into because I think like honestly like the last um 10 years like you will look at Muto and it's you know, there, there's a lot to be said about about a Mudo. If you want to compare him to a Hogan or whoever you will, like there's there's a lot to dive into there. I think 2001, he was my favorite wrestler, John. I know, yes. I know. That was that was an incredible, incredible year back when Mudo he was done. 2000, those knees are not going to last, and here we are in 2022. He's coming back. He's coming back to win the GHC title. Yeah, maybe he's going to win the N1. Maybe he'll go to New Japan and win the G1. Who knows? We can only we can only speculate and uh, and hope. Uh, but on that note, we are going to uh, sign off for another month. Uh, but the long and winding Royal Road, very popular show amongst uh, wrestlers, media, everybody. Everybody is finding the long and winding Royal Road. And the next edition for the month of March, it's going to be dropping next weekend. So uh, do give us a preview. Uh, so I, I haven't actually recorded it yet, so, so I don't really want to oh, jinx okay. it. So it, it, but we're going to look at, like, uh, basically we're going to look at uh, the tag team of No Fear and, and review one of their matches. And and basically my, my co-host at the time for that show, who I'm not going to say, we'll, we'll, we'll drop it when we actually record the show and announce it. But uh, he wants to look at, like, the history kind of of Takao Mori, who, who's actually a very, very interesting person to look at if you're a fan of all japan or if you're a fan of pro wrestling noah as well because he jumps he's one of those guys who jumps ship but uh that's that's next week but uh we, i do want to kind of keep it under under my hat my pro, my uh post wrestling hat uh that you can buy over at the store by the way uh, there you go store.postwrestling.com to get all of your wh park slash post pro res merchandise and a long and winding roll roll will be uh coming out next weekend so as you uh and so many get, people want to be on the show john like i i, I, I understand emails. there's qu- there's quite the list of uh potential guests uh coming up so you got to uh you got to be uh on, on the waiting list uh to get on with one wh park that waiting uh, list is just going to be even like more popular if some some of the names come through and that's all I'm going to say. All right. All right. That's a tease. Uh, so uh, I, I would imagine the next post pro res, um, I should probably give this seat up for Karen because if we're going to be around the, uh, the, the stardom shows, uh, I think Karen should definitely be on, on those shows so we can, uh, we can discuss that. But uh, I, I would imagine those are the big shows for you that you're looking forward to in the next month. Oh yeah. I mean, it's March, March is stacked though. There's a lot of big There's shows a lot going of on big shows and a lot of interesting things that, could potentially happen but for for my money the one the shows that i'm like excited about like and the shows that i'm excited about top to bottom john like not just like one match or two matches on the card like both nights of the stardom you know um shows from in march are like oh my god the 26th and 27th both are like I'm, I'm looking at these cars and I'm like, holy shit, that that's, uh, those look both amazing. And I, and I don't know which one I'm more excited about. Maybe night one because it's the return of Kyrie. And, but, but she's in a singles match the next night. So like, that's exciting too. Yeah, they they feel like very very big cards, and this is uh, weeks out, so uh, be a lot of coverage of those uh, here on the site. That yeah, we, we'll have Karen. Maybe I don't know. We'll, we can work out three of us, but if you know, you know, we'll see what happens. But. I'm going to say, I'm going to predict this, John, about those shows, about those storm shows, that I think they they have the potential 
to be like game changer for, for the company in terms of like, like the buzz. When, when we had this Shuri Utami draw last year, the mm-hmm. buzz that came out of that was, was fantastic. I think the potential for the buzz, if these shows deliver, which I have every confidence that they will, the buzz that come, come out of the, these shows next month is going to propel stardom to another level that we're going to be like, everyone's going to be like trying to get in on this bandwagon. Yeah, uh, the next four weeks are going to be interesting to see how much promotion Stardom really puts out because with with the like the first Utami Shuri match, a lot of it it was coming out of the match, and for this, it's like you have four weeks to really build this up and get people's excitement going. And I'm curious to see kind of the uh, the promotion that Stardom uh, tries to extend to like the English speaking audience as well. That I think this is a big opportunity for them to uh, re- reach a new fan base. That this could be their jumping on point. And, and if you're, if you're, you know, getting into stardom, you want to learn more about it. You know, we know where you got to go post wrestling because, because Karen Peterson works, you know, does a lot of the analysis, previews, show reviews, and just, it's so in depth because she speaks Japanese. Yes. The world renowned, uh, Karen Peterson. So That's go right. check out all of her work at uh, postwrestling.com. It's a synopsis. Every time she does a report, uh, on stardom of just not just like a rundown of the show, but everything that's going on in stardom. And it really does kind of set the table for all the stories that are happening, the shows that are coming up. It's like, it's a great sort of, uh, tutorial basically if you're new to stardom. So, uh, those are always up on the site at postwrestling.com. You can follow him at WH Park and the number nine. And thank you again for watching slash listening to Post Pro Res. Goodbye.